Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Super excited to chat with you both today. Where are you two tuning in from? Hi, I'm tuning in from uh, India, Delhi. Uh, so if you're curious, it's around 11.30 p.m. where I am. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you for joining oh, us. Oh. That's dedication. Maria? I thought it was late for me and it's 12.20. So it's all good. Um, I'm in Prague. I'm Brazilian, but I live in Prague. So yeah, studying of the night here. Amazing. And I'm in Miami, so we're kind of spread out around the globe. But thank you for joining. Thank you, everyone on the call for joining. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Sydney Senior. And today we're going to talk about what to do when a prospect is ghosting you, and maybe more importantly, how to prevent it from happening in the first place. So as people are coming into the room, we'd love to hear where you're tuning in from today. Be sure to drop that on the chat below. So today I am joined by two incredible guests. Um, we have Maria Alice Gomez, who is a senior SDR manager over at Chili Piper. And we have Anupreet Singh, who is the CRO over at GAN AI, an AI video prospecting tool. They're both experts in the field of sales, particularly around capturing and maintaining interest with prospects, which is really key to this conversation. Um, Oh, I see Sweden, Ukraine, South Africa, East Tennessee. Amazing. Thank you all for joining us today. Um, Maria, can you kick us off with talking a little bit about the biggest trends you've noticed recently when it comes to ghosting? Yes, sure. And first thing, if you guys are thinking that you are alone, you're not. Everyone is facing no-shows and everyone is facing ghosting. So just first of all, we are a big community dealing with it. Um, I've been feeling that the late, like the last few months have been harder um, because people are thinking very strongly about what is their priority right now with the whole crisis and the whole market and how things are. So sometimes they agree to a, to a meeting or they like are talking to you about something, but they are only like really having the compromise to be there when it's something that will give them some real value. So we've been seeing a lot of new shows everywhere. So we're dealing with them together. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. So if you are experiencing that, never fear you're in the right place. We are here to help. But first, thank you so much to our incredible sponsors, Apollo and Vidyard for making these shows possible. Our drop of the day is from Apollo. You can check them out with the link in the chat. But if you want to be a hero to your RevOps team, we are giving 25% off annual contracts with Apollo. So if you're interested in that, be sure to throw a one in the chat. If you're looking to level up in 2023, you are in the right place. We are here to help with our daily sales show. Check us out at sellbetter.xyz or scan the QR code on the screen. So I want to jump into the to today's agenda. But first, I just want to ask who is in the room, because the way we structure this conversation is going to really depend on if you're an SDR, if you're an AE, if you're a frontline manager, we want to make this as engaging and tailored to your specific use case as possible. So what we're going to be talking about today is going to be broken up into three main sections. The overarching theme is trying to get to the bottom of why is ghosting happening in the first place? What to do if it happens to you? how to prevent it, and then how to get those people back. 
So we're going to split it up to different parts of the revenue lifecycle. So let's talk about first, if you're having communication with a prospect and they seem interested, you're going back and forth on emails, then suddenly they're gone. What do you do? Next, if they book the meeting, but then don't show up. And then finally, if they have that initial meeting and then just suddenly vanish. <laughs> we know those are all terrible outcomes, so we're going to help you figure out how to get to the bottom of those. So it looks like we have about 40% BDRs and 44% AEs in the room with a few frontline managers and senior leadership. So thank you so much, everyone who is tuning in today. Um, so since we have kind of a good mix of SDRs and AEs, we're going to kind of focus on booking that initial meeting and then kind of getting it through the top part of that funnel. Can't wait to dive in. We're going to start with when you're chatting with a prospect, you've built up some good rapport, you're emailing back and forth, and then they're gone. How do you prevent that, Maria? How are you guiding that with your team? First of all, why do they do that to us? Like, <laughs> we're, there. we're there to help. Why? But um, there are many things. And I think one thing that we'll be keeping on repeat here is that usually we can be causing that and we can avoid that too. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how to avoid that and how to maybe create a stronger relationship with them before letting them no show or letting them disappear from our lives forever. So basically, um, some good practices that we have here um, on the SDR team is personalizing a lot. So we make sure to take the time to understand their use cases, how we can help and to correlate to like current customers that we have. So. We really spend time understanding their situation to connect with them on that first level. Like, hey, we have a solution. I see that you're doing this, this and that, and you could get some results doing it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Can we talk? So when we spend some time on creating that relationship, at least on the beginning where we still haven't talked, um, usually we get their interest and they will want to talk to us. Uh, and also, it's really rare when we can actually book a meeting from the first email. Like mm -hmm. that's so, so, so rare. And we need to understand, I think, I believe the last time that I checked the average of touches that you need to have on someone is around eight to nine to actually be able to book a meeting with them. So following up and having a proper strategy for follow-ups is very important. Um, I leave my team to be very free on that, but one of the best ways that we found as soon as someone replies to you, first of all, reply as soon as possible. And also, when we are able or we have their phone numbers, it's better if you call them because you can build that relationship immediately than comparing like to an email, for example, when you reply mm -hmm. to an email. It's so easy for them to say no to us on an email, so much less, like so much harder when you're on the phone and building that real relationship. Um, and also... Uh, we use cadences to track those extra steps. So like someone replied to me today, I need, I'm replying to them today too, but I need to remind in three days to maybe send some bump or say, hi, did you receive my first email or be creative on that. So we use cadences to keep track of those next activities. Those are the people that are warmer in the, in the sales funnel for us. So we need to keep them like alive. So we need to continue to build that relationship. So that's on the avoiding the the no-show and them ghosting. Um, and there are so, some 
things that we do, but I want to hear also from from you guys. What do you think? Yeah, I just wanted to say that's really great context. And it sounds like building that relationship and providing that personalization really early on is key. I actually, I do want to ask everybody in the audience, where are you experiencing ghosting most in your sales process? Because I think that this relationship building is crucial no matter what part you're in. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear from you where you're experiencing that most. And Anupreet, if you could give us, because I know we talked about this a little bit before, you give us a really good breakdown of why you think ghosting is happening in general. Like what is yeah. the primary cause of it? Yeah, I think I think uh, we we all need to understand that ghosting is uh, is an outcome of everything else that happened in the sales process. It is not the reason for you to lose a deal. And the reason why I say that very strongly is because uh, you know, like ghosting is isn't something that just happened because something went wrong. Like you know, in the last one hour on the or in the last two days, you know, you had to build a relationship throughout the process, and this starts from prospecting, goes all the way till proposal. Because I'm hearing a lot of people say in chat that you know most of the ghosting happens after proposal. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if someone says, comes and says no to you after the proposal and there could be 10 different reasons for that. But if someone ghosts you after the proposal, the only one reason that uh, that I understand is lack of relationships. Because if you had a good relationship, I see no reason why they would not tell you the reason why they, they you know, did not, you know, move, move on with you. You know, the reason why they went ahead with some other vendor or maybe there was a budget crisis or maybe, you know, your, your quote was very high and so on and so forth. So you should know the real reason for why the person is ghosting you. And if you have strong relationships, every single time you'll see people coming back to you and telling you the reason why they did not purchase with you. I hope every, every single time they purchase with you. Uh, and that's the final out, out, outcome. But you know, we can't avoid the fact that you will lose, lose, lose deals, but you will never lose a deal because you know the person uh, decided not to respond to you. You lost the deal for a different reason and you need to figure out that reason to be better in your overall conversion rates. So that's, I think, the primary reason that People ghost you because you don't have stronger, strong relationships and people don't feel obligated to come and tell you, uh, you know, the real reason behind why they have stopped responded to you suddenly. Yeah, that that's really interesting context. And I'm seeing in the results of the poll here, it looks like there's a pretty even mix before the first call is booked, after the full first call is booked. But most people are experiencing this after the first call holds while they're figuring out next steps. So I'm curious, how much of this do you think is built up in that foundation phase? Like I know, Maria, you're working with SDRs. So if the SDR does the job to the best of their ability, that should mitigate a little bit of that later ghosting in the funnel. Would you agree? I would. Um, and I think there's a lot, the relationship building is everywhere. And there's a lot of alignment on what they are selling and what is the expectation for the next step. Because when we are talking to someone uh, it's one thing that I talk to the SDRs a lot. Our product is the next call. The product that we're selling is time. It's like 45 minutes with someone to learn more about our products. It's not our final product. So we need to build, um, to create value on what that meeting will be. Who will they be talking to? Which questions will be answered? Um, how will they know more about our product? How long will it, will it be? So that's how like we create value on the product we're selling. So yeah, that's one example. Like every time that we book a meeting, we send an email already introducing the person to the AE uh, to already start to build that relationship with the next person too, because that's, that's the way we can help. And also showing like, this is a person that knows more about the product and they will be able to give you more details and to talk about pricing and to ask for you to ask any questions and things like that. So we built like 
the the value inside the next step um so i think that helps and also we talked a little bit about like multi-channeling multi-threading the more you can add people and include people that are involved in the process on that step the more you get them to stick right because there's more relationships building there's more people that are involved on that and there's more people that will would have to go to basically and as you you were saying uh Anupreet, i i someone said in the chat that like sometimes they just don't want to give a bad news to you so they don't feel obligated to tell you if they don't have that relationship and that's where we want to get we, get, we want to get to a point as sdrs as aes that they feel like respecting our time too and also like communicating like hey i'm sorry i was really trying this but for me it doesn't make sense because of budget because of timing because of this and then finding the the real reason and even one thing that i've been doing to help uh the team like as a leader is when they are having no show so the the meeting is booked but it doesn't hold i'm messaging the people on linkedin for example like connecting with them and messaging like hey i'm this person's manager do you mind sharing why you didn't attend to the meeting i want to understand if it's our communication if it's our product to be able to deal with it with my team and give them feedback and that's that's when we get like the real answer on on how it why it happened uh and it's again about building relationships so we always go down to that that's really great context and i appreciate you sharing how managers can step up and help as well because i know that also is kind of multi-threading on the other side of things yeah um yeah I, i'm really curious Anupreet, what your opinion on this is because something i've heard a lot in running effective sales cycles is to address objections early on like you want to make sure that even if it's uncomfortable even if you don't want to bring up like the elephant in the room you need to bring it up early because oftentimes you get later on down the cycle and then that's actually the reason why they ghost you because you didn't bring it up early enough can you walk us through the best ways to bring those difficult objections to the forefront Absolutely. I think that's where like a discovery call comes very, very handy. And uh, again, you know, there are a lot of people in the room, uh, maybe hand to heart, tell us if you'd really do a discovery call every single time or, or you don't. A lot of people really feel that discovery call is that extra step and people ask for a demo. And so we should just straight move on to the demo. But what you don't understand is that there are very important questions that you want answers for so, so that you can do a great demo. So the reason for discovery is not to know everything and anything and everything about their life, anything and everything about their company, you know, their priorities. The single best answer that you need out of the discovery is, do I have everything that I need to do a great demo? You know, uh, and that's it. You know, that's when you know that, oh, you know, and then you, so so basically your discovery could be as short as 10 minutes or it could be, it could be as long as 30 minutes based on when you get that answer. Uh, and if you really get those answers up front, I think you'll do a great job with the rest of the process because I'll give you an example. You know, let's say in my discovery process, I realized that, uh, you know, they want to execute this in 45 days because there's an event coming up after 45 days and it is absolutely necessary for them to buy one of these tools before that and let's say we're on the 35th day and they've not decided you don't need to give that 10 percent additional discount to get them to sign because you know that they will sign anyway in the next 10 days you just have to be one of those you know uh vendors of choice uh that they have in mind at this point of time and you can continue to probably remind them that hey looks like that event is only 10 days away and also in the discovery call you told me that your vendor registration process takes at least seven days so are you on the, on the verge of deciding or not so what i'm trying to say is that you know, throughout the process, if you get the answers, you know, you, you're able to get the answers to everything that you need to run a great sales process. You can always come back, come back to that. And so like the value of discovery is so much, uh, you know, in my 
playbook and i really want people to like probably adopt that and uh beat five minutes or you know 30 minutes uh but absolutely get those critical questions answered one more point that i want to make is that a lot of times we feel that the other person will get irritated uh you know in the process of answering too many questions uh i think one thing that we need to decide we, we need to understand as sellers here is that one we need to be fearless we know we you know they're not doing a favor on us by buying this product you know like they will only buy it if they see at least five times more value of what they're paying but now look at it from a value perspective right you're getting x they're getting 5x so if they're not buying this product they're losing out on 5x and you're losing out on x for that matter you're losing out on 10% of x because that's your commission so what i'm trying to say is that as an individual they are losing out on a lot more if they don't buy this product in time and so if you actually go in with that kind of you know command and respect in the process and you know you you actually tell them that you know th- th- this will just change your attitude towards your sales cycle you know you will just come in with a lot more uh, aggression you will come in with a lot more confidence and your questions will be very very different from you know asking hey do you have an update for me to hey you will probably miss out on meeting this goal if you don't you know give me a response in the next 3 days so you know you just need to come up, come 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 up with a lot uh, uh more aggression in your sales process and 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 be a, be a lot more informed and people like to speak to more intelligent people at large you know so if if they realize that hey you know this guy is smarter than me in my own you know territory uh, they will give you a lot more respect and they will keep coming back to you for ideas and tips and tricks so yeah i i like the idea of being informed and that comes with that effective discovery and really getting to the bottom of their pain Maria, for SDRs in the room who are trying to set the best possible opportunities for their AEs that won't end up ghosting after the first meeting, how are you coaching them to make sure that they're generating quality pipeline and they're having the right conversations to bring the right people to those meetings? Yeah, yeah. I I like one thing that Anupreet said is how like the team gets affected affected by this ghosting and by these no shows and they start to feel like they are annoying people, like they are like maybe like I'm not sure like what should I sell like let me try to be very like cautious about things and that's it like it's a one to one relationship and we want everyone to win on it um so one thing that we talk about like a lot is how to deal with this rejection because it's basically receiving a rejection so that's one big thing that we talk a lot like on the psychological side of things um but when On the side of like building good pipeline, there's a lot of about creating value. So like really understanding what's their pain and how we can solve it, but not giving the whole solution because then they don't have to go to a next meeting, right? So we need to still give the little like taste of curiosity or like how you're going to help them and what will be the ROI. Um when you have like of course a team of SDRs and AEs, right, where you need to to pass that next the next meeting. Um another thing that helps us a lot is to book the meetings to as soon as possible. So when we are on the phone or when we are on on emails, one thing that we are lucky is that we also use our own product to book the meeting so we can send like suggested times which makes it easier to book for as soon as possible. So we avoid lots of no shows to booking it to as soon as possible, but when it's like too far, uh we've been using some strategies to keep these people on pipeline alive to make them be here with us uh one of them oh yeah that's a good one we have uh uh invite on google calendar for everyone in the team every monday to confirm all the meetings that we had throughout the week 
Uh, and we try to do it by by the phone, just like, hey, just checking on you. How's everything going? Excited for next Thursday. This person will be joining us. Just want to make sure that everything is is on. Um, so that's been helping us. When it's booked to too far, we try to keep building the relationship by still sending like content, use cases, like things like that that can still like keep them warm. Um, and Anna Britt can talk about that too, sending videos with our faces like, hey, this is not a robot, this is a person, you are dealing with me, we have an agreement that we are meeting in three days, we will be there. Um, so also like when we show our faces and when we show that like we are a real person working, they are a real person working, this is like a, a an agreement that we made, it also helps us getting this like twisting. And there's another thing that we also have like auto reminders for every meeting um, on our own product too. So that's also helpful for us because then it's like one day before, one hour before, one minute before the meeting, we are there. And also the SDRs try, um, most of the times they are like online at the same time that the meeting is happening. So if like for five minutes, no one appears, we are there to call them just saying like, oh, these on the link, are you still okay? So you also like take care of like making that happen, making sure that they will be there. I love that really systematic follow-up. Just wanted to add one tip that I picked up recently. Um, if you book a prospect on the phone for a meeting, sometimes they like to throw into the end like, hey, if I notice that the meeting isn't confirmed or is it okay if I just send you a quick text the day before to confirm the meeting? And a lot of times they'll say, yeah, that's fine. So you know we shouldn't just be texting people out of the blue. But if they say yes, that's another humanizing touch where you can just send them a quick text message. Hey, this is Sydney, just confirming our meeting for this time tomorrow. Let me know if anything comes up. And that's helped our show rate significantly as well. But I'd love if you could talk a little bit about video and how that plays into this process. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think before video, I just want to talk about creativity and standing out. Uh, you know, like mm -hmm. in my inbox, I get like maybe 150 cold emails every day. On my LinkedIn, I potentially get like 40 cold messages every day. I hardly get one video a week. You know, so basically I'm talking about one video and thousand reach outs, which basically means that if you do video right now, you are a lot more creative already, you know, like you are standing out uh, of the lot. And, you know, I do understand that, you know, you don't, you don't feel like recording yourself every day. You don't want to, you know, especially in the work from home environment, you don't want to dress up every day. You don't feel like getting in front of camera. And that's where, you know, like tools, so generative is, is a thing now, you know, there are tools, uh, can is one of them, but don't want to go deep into that. But uh, that helps you just record one video and then you can just change variables. You know, it's actually happening. Mail merge for video is already there, uh, which means that you just create a few templates for every moment, right? So when you've not heard for like three days, for, you know, your first prospecting, you know, for someone who's just changed job for, you know, for first prospecting video when someone just got promoted, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You just record 10 different templates and then you send it out to the next thousand people uh, based on which scenario works best by just changing some variables on a day when you don't want to record a new video. And 99% uh, of the times they should not even get to know that you didn't record this video. Even if they get to know, that is a great icebreaker. Because, mm -hmm. you know, they'd be like, oh, it looks like you use some kind of tech to do this. What is what of this tech? So you please get a reply. Uh, right. So, so and when someone just mentioned on chat audio notes, and I absolutely believe, uh, you know, that audio notes absolutely, uh, again, are must use. Like if you want to respond with something which is more than five sentences, instead use an audio note. Um, again, uh, going by data, 
not more than one percent of all Indian users are using audio notes today. So like if you do that, it just comes across as a lot more refreshing. And like all of us are you know like humans, right? Who are already on Instagram and TikTok all the time. So we're already absorbing videos a lot more than text. So if you know like for that matter, if your response to an email, even in a late stage conversation, is more than like seven eight sentences, might as well just just record yourself and send send that video out. Uh, the other person might appreciate that he or she did not have to read through that entire message, uh, you know. So at, at the same time, you're 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 being creative and you're you know being refreshing. Uh, mm-hmm. And throughout the day, you know, like reading so much text, uh, I just don't want to read one more from a person mm-hmm. that I probably did not sign up for. Uh, you know, and a video might be a you know a lot more uh, uh, better. Uh, when I say creativity again, you know, video and audio notes are not the only ways to do that. I had my SDR use ChatGPT to write to write a poem for my prospect. You know, like literally did that. Uh, so just entered a few, you know, uh, you know, qualities about uh, the, the the prospect. Maybe the prospect was good at playing tennis. Uh, you know, she saw that she got promoted. Blah blah blah. Just threw in those words and asked uh, asked ChatGPT to just come up with a poem. Send that poem and like that email probably got hundred opens because she probably forwarded it to her entire you know sales team and like everyone was basically appreciating that and obviously she responded. We got a meeting, uh, so you have to be like creative, you know. You, and, and and this is where you know using tech comes handy, uh, you know. Like uh, like everyone says, right? Like AI is not here to take your jobs, but if you don't use it well, uh, then probably you'll leave. You you'll 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 be in, you'll be behind in the race, right? So you probably yeah. want to be the first ones to adopt it and be creative about using these things before everyone knows that this poem poem was written by GPT and not you. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I think that's an excellent tip, and I think what's really important to remember here, and what's easy to forget sometimes, is that our prospects are humans too. They're probably also overwhelmed by their workloads. They're probably also dreading opening their inbox because they have a billion messages to sort through. Like, I know I've been guilty of that. I'm not anybody's prospect, luckily, but it can get overwhelming. And so I think I know it's really easy to just get frustrated and be like, oh, why did they do this? But we got to remember, we need to make it as easy for them as possible and stand out for them as much as possible and remind them why they want to meet with us. Like, there is a human component to this. And I think AI can absolutely enhance this, but I love what you guys have been saying because I think that really encompasses it. Um, I want to move on a little bit to after you've booked a meeting, prospect's super excited, it's on your AE's calendar, you've done the handoff, and then they don't show up. How do you handle that, Maria? Yeah. Um, as I said, first thing, we are usually active by the side of the AE, like theoretically, online. Um yeah, we cry a little bit John, before, but then we continue and <laughs> try to call them at first. Um, if they don't pick up, we have a whole process for following up too on that. Um, and usually it's the SDR's um, uh, part of the job here. So it's not the A's that take care of it, it's the SDR's. Uh, and we again go back to the creativity. We go back to like understanding why they didn't show up. Was it also, they have a life, so some sometimes things happen. It's not just because they have like a budget problem or something happened. Uh, so we try to get deep into the why. Um, and also, one thing that we've been talking a lot about lately is uh, we call it COI, cost of inaction. So instead of talking too much about ROI, which is like what the AEs will focus a lot, is like oh, by not attending, by not like fixing this problem, you're losing this, this, and that. And we, you, we talked about, and you have this problem running right now. So why don't we prioritize it right now? And also we don't have, at least for our process, it's not like a, a hard sales. It's like super open and super informative, this first call. So we make sure to make it clear for them. We just want them to know what we do and we just want them to 
talk about it to us and to understand their pains and to try to solve it together. So also like removing that, like, I need to buy, it will be pricey, it will be like super hard. No, it's just a conversation between two professionals trying to like solve a problem together. So we try to make that clear to, um, to bring them back. How do you know when it's time to move on? Like you've sent them all these follow-up emails. Like how do you know when it's time to free up that headspace, go find some other people? One, when they tell us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two, we try to remove all of like decision-making like of these little things of the lives of the SDRs. So what we try to do is to have like a setup, like, oh, you follow, follow up with them five times. So like we understand what is the best and of course it depends on how warm the lead was and like what's the situation but we just decide on like a an amount of of times that you want to do that or if they reply to you like with a new timing you reach out back to them in q3 and things like that um but only when we found the real reason like if they're not telling us like why they are and they're just silent we'll try as much as we can uh, of course, being creative, being nice, being like super open to hear about it. But mm -hmm. yeah. And if would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would just like to add that I would try until it become it reaches a point wherein I would be like, if this was done to me, I would get irritated. So <laughs> like you know, uh, I just stop at that point. Uh, <laughs> so I think I think I would I would I would try to be creative as, as like I said right so I would try to find try different ways to get the meeting uh, so basically like my cadence might just have you know four text emails but I would try to like have a lot of manual steps wherein I'm trying to send a video I'm trying to send an audio note I'm trying to send a poem through GPT you know and whatnot right and probably trying to get one of my you know guitarist friend to like record a song if I really want this meeting and be like you know, can you do this for me? I literally had an SDR send like a song to the prospect. He literally sang it yeah. on the webcam and he sent that song. So, I mean, songs, poems. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, um, so I would try to be creative and, and after it reaches a point where I'm like, you know, I would get irritated if someone was pestering me so much, I would just stop. And when I say stop, I don't mean stop forever. I would just probably give a breather off a few months and then try again with like, you know, some new creativity by then hoping that some other AI tool has come up as well by then and, and I can probably do some something else as well yeah no I, I mean I think that's like the best possible frame right is like put yourself in the prospect's shoes and imagine what would work and what wouldn't because at a certain point it's like maybe you are just kind of banging your head against the wall and in the time you were chasing down that one prospect you could have booked four more you know so I think it's important to remember that as well um, I do want to hear from everyone in the chat as well. What's the most effective way you found to prevent ghosting? So I know that there's a lot of different things you can do, and I don't think you can really distill it down into one thing in particular, but I'm just really curious to hear because I know we have a really good mix of SDRs and AEs and frontline managers. Um, we have the option to mark them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Ooh, it looks like so far clear agenda and value setting is kind of leading the way. Um, would love to hear from both of you about how, I, I know we've touched on pieces of that throughout the conversation, um, but any frameworks that people can use to make sure that they're effectively communicating the value and sharing what's going to be covered in the call. I think, let me pull up another one of those emails as well. I'll, I'll let you go first, Maria. Yep. We will pull up something. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is basically us introducing the AE and like saying who they are and what will be done. And the first part of the call 
is always an agenda to like, hey, we'll be doing this, this and that. Do you still have that time? So that alignment, there, there's a saying in Portuguese that we say like, what is aligned is not expensive. Um, so it's very important to align things so everyone is happy in the end. So if it doesn't work, like we know why. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things that we do to make sure that it happens and why it's happening to start building that relationship. Of course, creating rapport is super important. Um, being like genuinely curious about their process and also um, active listening, I think plays a big part here because if you understand what their pains are, what are the things like that are actually ha happening with them, is where we can like go back to when they are no showing saying like, yeah, you commented that like this month you decreased your conversion rate by this, this and that. And he here's how we help. Like, how is that looking for you? How much do you want to improve that? Um, so yeah, being like by their side for real, like trying to solve that. It's what can build that relationship. Love it. I, I agree 100% with Maria on that. Uh, you know, I think, I think uh, just being by their side uh, and just being honest in that process to yourself as well. That if you at some point feel that, you know, this is not going to be a good transaction for them, this is not a good fit, they probably will regret this decision. Uh, I mean, you'll get some blessings from your customer success manager by not closing it in the first place because, you know, you're not booking churn. Uh, so I think, you know, it's essential to be honest in the process to yourself and be like, no, this is not for you. And they, then, then take a step back and probably not follow up as aggressively with that prospect and not try to sell like a product that is not a good fit. But if it's a good fit, uh, like I said earlier, you know, it's a pro it's probably five fixed more value for them. And so like you should be able to like deliver that message in your conversations, in your email, in your demo, uh, you know, pretty yeah. clearly, you know, and, and if that happens, you know, like they will be, you know, coming after you because of that, you know, change in dynamics and they are more desperate to buy a product than you are to sell it to them. Another thing I want to ask about is multi-threading, getting multiple stakeholders involved. And I think this ties well into the next part of the conversation because a lot of people responded to the first poll saying that they're getting ghosted maybe after that first demo or when they sent out contracts for negotiation. So Anupreet, I would love to hear from you kind of what your view is on multi-threading. And then I want to dig into how we're going to approach those prospects that have ghosted you after the buying process has started. Absolutely. So I think let's, let's again, you know, let's try to break this down into what has really happened, you know. So for everyone who's ever been ghosted after the decision was almost made or, you know, like five demos happened and the leadership was also interested in buying, you really need to understand that there was a buy-in. You know, everyone wanted to do it. Everyone has invested, you know, a few uh, hours in it. And uh, like a lot of leadership folks were getting involved back and forth. And now, you know, it is not in the best interest of anyone to not come, not go ahead and buy it. So maybe, you know, like, and, and so like try to like go get into psychology and understand why is it not happening. So a lot of times, you know, sometimes there's just one person who's just sitting on a decision or there's just one person who's probably not doing his job for this decision, for this to, you know, see the daylight, right? So maybe it's getting delayed because there's one guy who thinks that, hey, if I buy this tool, my job will be like, you know, to like manage this tool and, you know, I'll have one more extra tool to manage. I don't want to do that. You know, or there's someone who just assumes that his leadership will potentially not like this decision of him buying this tool while everyone else kind of is already aligned. So you need to understand why is this not happening? And once you understand that really, really well, you go and deliver that message to everyone, you know, so you can copy like everyone in the in in, in that email, but send it to the most uh, you know, important person in that particular, uh, you know, uh, in in the in that particular conversation, and this is you know like 
you would hear me say this 100 times that your email should be short but this is where your email needs to be really long you need to talk about the whole process that has happened so far and everyone who has invested as much time as it as everyone has and what happens if you don't buy because you have the, those answers and you know like create some kind of fomo and i love that part where you can try to say that hey but your competition is already getting involved in this right so if you look at this email it kind of starts by saying that i just wanted to break and again you know this is not about i'm not trying to charm anyone in this email i'm just trying to get straight to the point by saying I want to bring up to speed that you know i haven't heard from anyone in your team for a very long time this was some this was he is the ceo of a 50000 employees company uh and i and you know i went straight to the point i said you know you came on the call you absolutely wanted to buy it you gave it to your one downs they gave it to their one downs and eventually like that person who is probably three levels below you is not responding to me anymore uh so i just want to tell you that your competitor you know after talking about some cool stuff that we did with some other companies i get get to the point that hey some of your competition is already trying to sign uh, a contract with us some of them are even asking for exclusivity which we are trying to push back upon and so like just wanted to check with you if this is still a priority you know like truly want to partner with you is there anything i can do to speed up things right so that was that the email was read 10 times three clicks on the link that i had shared and i got this response uh so there was someone who was just sitting on that email uh for a very very long time uh and was not sending that email you know back to me now there was you know most likely my account executive would have taken this with a 20% discount email and as soon as you do that right like the other person starts to feel that this is infinitely negotiable and probably i did not do a good job i was just sitting on it for some other reason but because i was sitting on it i just got an email with a 20% discount for closing before the 31st and that is not the right way to do it you know you need to like talk about value you need you need to talk about what happens if you don't buy it uh and then eventually lead with that versus you know leading with a 20% discount before closing before a certain date to drive these kind of emails to come your way because the only thing that 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 will drive it is further discount because now they start, they've started to feel that hey probably we didn't negotiate enough he's just threw in 20% feels like i can probably get it to 25% or 30% if i if i go back to that right so it just starts that mm-hmm. conversation again but i i mean yeah I think this takes a lot of really key things into consideration. One of them being that human component. Like we can't forget that everybody involved in the sales cycles that we're working through are just other humans with a billion other priorities on their plate, right? Like it does not that they're a bad person if they don't respond. Maybe they just have too much going on. And so you need to make sure it stays top of mind for them in a way that they can easily remember the value. So I think that's what you're articulating really well here and you're also not afraid to ask the hard questions of like is this still a priority for you you know can we still have this conversation because it's much easier to just be like oh if maybe if we don't address it maybe they'll just come back you know it's better to know and then to know where to spend your energy um we have just a few minutes left so if if you have any questions be sure to throw them in the Q&A we're going to address those in just a minute i just have one more statement here that i would love to get both of your opinions on um maria do you want to start i think anna pritch should start on this one cuz it's his statement Yes, I have. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, this is something that we you all should lead uh, lead with. Uh, if you are CRM, if you're one of the leaders, I saw nine percent potentially of all of us are leaders. And if your CRM has ghosting as a sales law, uh, as a close lost reason, probably go back and change that. Uh, if you're an account executive, probably never select that reason because a reason for losing a deal is never ghosting. That's an outcome. Uh, you know, so like ghosting is always an outcome of everything else that you did. try to figure out what really went wrong uh don't just you know be lazy by saying that hey i lost this deal because the prospect ghosted on me go one step deeper and understand why did he ghost you did he ghost you because you never sent a single video in the process and you know like 
and and neither did you know 10 other competitors use videos and you were just one of those 10 other competitors like you never use any creativity you never used any of those memes that we've been talking about and so like you'd never built a relationship you never had a laugh on the call like you know you never you know could build any of that uh you know in the process and so like the person is you know you for you for him for the for the prospect you're just another uh you know vendor uh and not the vendor that uh the 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 you know the 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 prospect potentially feels the most connected with uh the other part of it is that you know this is humans buy from humans uh the reason why people have purchased your product in the past is because you were from it uh if it would have been your colleague maybe that deal would have been lost but for the same reason the the reverse of that also holds true that if someone has not purchased the product after you know the while your product is kick ass if your product is not kick ass then maybe it's time to time to move on but you know if your product is kick ass and they haven't purchased and they purchase another product that you strongly believe is not as good the reason is you and you know like probably there he could build a better relationship with them so it turns out that you are playing a very important role and it's your responsibility to be clear on what the real reason was and then learn and adopt and be better uh, the next time you're selling uh, so i think you know for those reasons i strongly believe, believe that ghosting is the reason it's an outcome and try to dig into what cost ghosting Yeah, I really appreciate that take. I think that takes a lot of personal accountability into the equation as well, which I really like. Like obviously we can't control our prospects, but I think the best possible frame is to think what could I have done better and how can I do better next time instead of just saying, "Oh, they're gone." Yeah. Like nothing I can do about it. Just yeah. to add to that, right? I mean, one easy hack to be sure that you're doing everything right is that you should be like, even if I lose this deal, I'll be his favorite vendor of you know i might not be the vendor of choice but i'll be his favorite his or her favorite uh, account executive in this process if you can do that you've already won half the battle you know so like what do you need to do to be the favorite um, amongst the other aes that you're competing with or uh, you know the aes of your competitors as soon as you crack that you kind of won the half one half battle so like try to be like try to get that answer am i already the favorite have i done every do everything to be the favorite and maybe you can be upfront again human to human conversation you could like you know i'm your favorite amongst all the other other you know <laughs> account executives that you're speaking with uh, what can i do to be that right i mean uh, that is basically how you should be selling you know like very casual conversations fun conversations don't make it like stressful uh, they already have enough stress in their life you don't know for no reason uh, you don't want to add up to that it's awesome so we have a question here in the q and a and if anybody has any please throw them in here we have a few more minutes this is from meg and i think this is really interesting says SDRs start with the relationship building but often don't get to continue it after the AE handoff. I feel that harms the conversation rates or sorry the conversion rates. What are your thoughts on SDRs staying apart? I'm so sorry everyone I promise I can read. What are your thoughts on SDRs staying a part of the loop even after the first call? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I think it depends. Oh, sorry. Do you want to go? No, 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 please, please go. Ahead. Yeah, I think it depends on each like process on how deep your SDRs go into the conversation. For example, for us, our relationship with the with the leads is very like fast. Uh the sales cycle is super fast in our side too. Um so what we try to do is that the SD the SDRs are encouraged to join the first meeting. One, because they learn a lot and that's the product they're selling. And two, to also build like Hey, I'm the person you were talking before. Maybe you didn't see me in like real motion. 
Um, and yeah, and they continue sometimes on the thread too, like the thread of emails and, and things like that. But usually they don't join the other um, meetings just because it's like a shorter relationship with the SDR in our side uh, as it is. And then it gets longer with the AE. Uh, but I believe when you have like an SDR that does, for example, there are teams where the SDR is the one doing the discovery call or like going deeper into the process. I believe that, and usually these people are like already working as pods, like as a, a, a couple like SDR and AE. So they keep on, on the process together. So I think it depends on the process uh, and what it makes more sense. Because also the SDR job and we have the differentiation between SDR to AEs is for them to focus on the first part and the AEs to focus on the end. So if we have them both doing both, we kind of lose that. Amazing. I think that's really great insight. Um, yeah. And if we, we have time for 20 seconds. No, I think I think I agree with that. Uh, I think they should be a part of the first call for sure. Uh, if SDRs could not be a part of the rest of the calls, you should definitely probably go to the source of truth where the emails are being recorded. I'm sure they record, they get recorded on your HubSpot or Salesforce, the emails are being integrated, so you should go through all of that. And one hack there is that you can probably do one stand-up a week where both SDRs and AEs are coming together and discussing deals. So AEs are discussing all the deals, uh, you know, and SDRs are listening through that, so they know where their deals are in that particular call. That is the most interesting call for me, at least for the week, where SDRs and AEs are talking to each other about the deals uh, that are that were handed off. Love that. So sounds like relationship building all the way through with your prospects, with your AE, making sure it's a clear, cohesive, and as easy as possible for your prospect. Thank you so much, Maria and Anupri, for all of your advice today. Thank you so much, everyone who tuned in. Hope you got a ton of value out of this one. Can get all those ghosts out of your pipeline. And be sure to check us out at sellbetter.xyz or on Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok. We're here to help you sell better. Have a good one.